Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hello, Caviar Dreamers. I'm Margaret Josephs. And I'm Lexi Buputo. And every week we are bringing you entrepreneur real stories from leaders, disruptors, change makers, and risk takers. We may not be serious, but we seriously mean business. Hi, Caviar Dreamers. I'm super excited because we are here with the fabulous Lindsay Silverman, who is a beauty influencer, but she's also the owner founder of the most fabulous, delicious hotel lobby candles. I mean, they smell amazing and she's a superstar. So hi, Linz. Hi. hi. I know. I'm so happy you're me. here. I feel like we're all sisters here. Look at our I know. coordination, the blondes. The blondes, the we leather. All <laughs> about it. I'm so glad that we have you here today. I DM you all the time, especially we've been launching a new brand. The way you manage being a founder of a brand and also a huge following on your own personal Insta. And it's so authentic and everything looks so perfect and on brand for you. I'm like in awe of you. Thank you. Oh my gosh. No. Great hype woman. (laughs) No, because you know what? So many people call themselves a beauty influencer and are launching a brand, but you look at their Instagram and it's just like, it's not curated. It's not interesting to follow, but everything you do is so seamless and so perfect. And I just want to talk about your background a little because you were an editor of Town & Country Magazine, which is one of my all-time favorite magazines ever. Yes. So let's just talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So I started my career always working in magazines. As a little kid, I was obsessed with reading print magazines and I always just dreamed one day I would become an editor in chief. Like, and this was pre Devil Wears Prada days. It was sort of, I don't know. I was like a kid who really had a specific dream. And I worked from, you know, when I was 10 years old until I graduated college, you know, 21 to kind of achieve that goal of working in the magazine industry in New York. And I did that. I started out as an intern at Vogue. And then over the years, I ended up writing for Vogue and I wrote for the Wall Street Journal. And when you were going off on your own, were you like, okay, I think I want to be in the beauty influencing space. You were like, I I see that I could do a great job at this. This is my passion. Was that what it was? So to be honest, I had started growing an Instagram following kind of at the same time everyone was joining Instagram. And I'd never in a million years, like over my dead body thought 
that I would want to do that as a career or full time. I'm not the type of person who likes to be the center of attention. I didn't even like posting pictures of myself in the beginning, but I did love sharing beauty tips and travel tips. And I just love the idea that you can create this community and sort of share, um, I don't know, like my knowledge. And I feel like because of my background as an editor, I knew all of the beauty tips and tricks. I had traveled the world because I was doing a lot of luxury travel coverage at the time. And I really just wanted to share all that knowledge with my audience. And so it was sort of around the time when influencers and content creators were becoming a thing. And I never set out to do that full time. I always said, I referred to my Instagram account as my insurance policy. It was like my plan B. If I ever got like laid off or something happened, I was like, well, at least I have this little platform and following that I could maybe try to make money off of one day. But I really never set out to do it like intentionally. And I probably hit around 100,000 followers while I was still at my full-time job. I didn't make a dollar off of it. I wasn't monetizing. I was just purely doing it as a hobby. And I think honestly, a lot of my community and the reason why trusted me and trusted my recommendations and then eventually bought my candles (laughs) when I launched them was because I had spent so many years just doing it for free and never working with the brand and never taking a dollar. It was just all super authentic. And I'm also the type of person that like, I'm no bullshit. Like if I don't like something, I will say it. And I think that actually lends credibility to my endorsements and recommendations because not everyone likes everything. And I have no problem saying, you know, when I'm my honest truth about things. I think another thing that I really love about you is you also share your how you did it, like how I edit my pictures. This is how I use There's a tutorial here. And so many people in this space are so competitive and they don't want to share how they actually do it. You tell people how to start a successful blog. And I think that gives you such credibility. Thanks. Was that a very conscious decision for you? A hundred percent. I think when I first started out in the influencer space, I had so many questions. Like I wanted to know all the behind the scenes stuff. I wanted to know everything, like how it worked, how you got a brand deal, like what, you know, what the conversations are like behind the scenes with the brand. And no one ever was talking about it. And I didn't understand why, because I was like, what's so secretive? It's like, people are curious. So I felt like when I was getting into it, I was just sharing in real time, like what I was discovering about it as someone who had been curious just like all of my followers had. And I also just feel and now, you know, with TikTok, everyone's like, no gatekeeping. I'm not gatekeeping. I feel like I was one of the people who was preaching that from since 2018, because I just felt like if you, I, and I still to this day feel if you are confident enough in what you do, there is no reason why you can't share your knowledge and tips and experience with other people because there is plenty of room for everyone to be successful. And the only people who don't feel that way are people who aren't confident in what it is that they're doing. That's something you've preached since the day I met you. I agree. That is absolutely true. I always share information in my industry, in licensing. I want to help everybody. I think there's no problem. I mean, I don't feel everybody's that way, but that's what I admire like in you as well. What you guys well. are doing with the podcast, I feel, right? It's like you're, you ask the questions and you find the good people and who are willing to like tell their story of how they did it. Because I just think, you know, especially with women and supporting other women, it's not, I think we're so much more powerful the more knowledge we share. And there's just like no point in being shady. You know, no, there yeah. is no point in being shady. Save <laughs> that we for my show. Live, yeah, we live with a lot of shade on the show. 
Yeah. And I, and I think it's absolutely ridiculous because there is room for everybody and everybody's not doing the same thing. Everybody has their own point of view. Now, I just want to ask you, so did you get any backlash from the brands that you didn't love? I would say that I haven't. haven't? <laughs> That's have, good. Maybe because I haven't seen it. Or I think, you know, when I do like provide a criticism or critique or if I'm like talking shit about a brand or something, which I don't do that often, but it's more so I'll, I'll just say my own personal experience with the product. Or I remember one time I was like using this face mask and like I had some crazy reaction or I left it on for too long. And it's because the packaging didn't have the appropriate instructions on it. So I just called him out and I was like, you have to be more clear because this is probably happening to other people too. So I don't know. I haven't really gotten into any fights. Probably lost, maybe you've lost some deals, but. And well, as a brand though, you should be happy that someone, doesn't matter if they call you publicly out, you know, like it could save you from a lawsuit if your face is burning off. If totally. The instructions weren't correct. Yes, that has to be it. Yeah. I will. I always say something very funny. Years ago, Sally Hansen oh. waxed. Oh my God. <laughs> this is horrible. I was, away, you know, way before I was on TV. I was, and I don't care that I'm calling it out. I was on vacation and the wax, they said, put it in the microwave. It wasn't clear instructions, but we put it in the microwave and it didn't say, it said how long to do it from this time to this time. We put it in to this time, whatever it was. It got way too hot. We took it boiling hot, spilled all of our third degree burns. I remember that you were on vacation. I had to go to the hospital. Oh my God. Yeah, that's terrifying. Terrifying. Like at-home wax in general is a little- Well, terrifying. I don't know why I, what I was thinking. You know what? I, I am so neurotic and I had gone for a bikini wax and, and there was like a few hairs. So I was like, let me take out the last few hairs. Okay, I, that I could relate to. And Ridiculous. I don't know what possessed me. To do, I still have a scar on my arm. Oh my God. Like it's still discolored. Yeah. And that was literally- 10 years ago, 11, more, 12, 12, more. 13 years ago. More, yeah. No, 13, 13 years ago, 13, 14 years ago. Beauty, it's crazy. It that is. Really it's absolutely is. nuts. So now, you know, we're going to get you the hotel lobby accounts, but one of the, so now that you get your brand deals, do you work with an agency? Do you do it on your own? Do people reach out? Like that's, that helps people as well now that you're at that level. Yeah. So when I first started out, when I left magazines and was, you know, going at it on my own, I knew not like I, I knew, I knew I was confident in like the content I could produce and I knew how to talk about products, but I did not know anything about contracts or negotiating or any of that stuff. And honestly, I did it all on my own for the first year and a half. I made an alias email address that was management at lindsaysilverman.com that actually my husband was like responding to. So, or sometimes I was responding to pretending to be a different person because I was like, I felt oh, you know, people who are really successful in this industry, everyone has a manager. So then I wanted to be taken seriously. I also wanted to play like the good cop, bad cop game. So I would be like, oh, I would absolutely love to work with you. Let me just loop in my manager and we'll see what they say about the budget. And then I was actually slooping in myself or my husband. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I, you know, it's sort of like trial by fire, I guess. I learned a lot while I was doing it. I made a lot of mistakes. I also just like tapped into people that I knew and asked people that I trusted for advice and opinions. And I've obviously like gone and returned the favor as much as I have been able to over the years. And eventually about a year and a half into it, it had gotten like overwhelming to the point where I was like, okay, I don't want to be doing this stuff anymore. I want to have the contracts and everything else I want someone else in charge of that. And I want to be able to focus on the creative. So I started working with a manager and that has made my life a lot easier. That's so good. And now how many hours a day do you feel like you spend on content? 
Oh God. I feel like, honestly, sometimes I feel like I work like 24 hours a day just because you you guys know how it is. It's like on social media, there's no delineation between your actual life and your social media life. Like every single thing I do, we all do from the minute we wake up until the minute we go to sleep is like, potentially content. You know, it's like what you eat for breakfast, what you're watching on TV before you go to sleep, like what beauty products you're applying in your nighttime skincare routine. And so it is kind of hard to draw the line and be like, okay, I'm actually just need to, even though people are going to want to know what you're eating, what you're drinking, what you're, you know, watching on TV. Sometimes I need to draw the line and be like, okay, I'm not, I need like a second, but I honestly sometimes feel like it's like 24 hours a day. Very bad at at the work-life balance. (laughs) Yeah, you're preaching to the choir on that one. We're not good either. I know. I get yelled at because I don't do enough content. Yes. Because I, yeah. I get lazy. They're just like, Marge, that's interesting. That's this. That's that. I'm like, oh, well, it's please. like everything. I mean, then it's like, at what point do you, you got to have your own life too. It's like it's not true. every it's second. True. And honestly, like when I'm all, none of my friends are influencers. My best friends are all like people with normal jobs. And when I'm with my girlfriends, like that's the time when I'm kind of, I don't post anything. I just sort of am in the moment and present because it's like not everything can be, I don't know. Not everything has to be a moment, I guess. You live that way, which I think is really important too, because you have to enjoy being in the moment. It can't creep over. No one likes someone taking photos of the food when oh, it's yeah. a regular girl's dinner. No, not a regular girl's dinner. I do that sometimes with Tom, who works with us. Well, sometimes Tom's very good at that. He photographs every meal, every this. I'm like, all right, put the camera away. I can't. <laughs> Let me stick my fork in. So tell us how, because Hotel Lobby Candles is amazing. How did Hotel Lobby Candles come about? What made you come up with this brand? Because you were doing so long, you're influencing life. So what made you start this brand? Well, so first of all, I guess I always thought that, you know, the really successful, smart and savvy women and content creators recognize that Instagram was not like the end all be all. And that you, if you really want to have longevity, you should probably create a product or a brand that you own, like you guys just did, which I want to talk about too. But I feel like I didn't know necessarily if I wanted to do the influencer thing forever. And I felt like I need to build something that can exist outside of the sphere of social media. And I never really knew for sure what the product would be. I had a lot of ideas, but there was one thing that I'd always thought about. And that was candles that smelled like fancy hotels. And so I spent a lot of years in my career traveling around the world. I was a luxury travel writer. So I was staying at like all the best five-star hotels around the world. I traveled to 63, four countries and it was super glamorous and amazing. Yes. Sounds, I'm <laughs> jealous was, right now. Which is that like, is such I, a great even job. looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I was, <clears throat> that was like actually a job that I did and it was incredible. But one thing that I remember always about the experience was walking into a hotel for the first time and being like engulfed in that like amazing scent. And sometimes it was it's hard to describe. You're like, oh, what is that smell? It smells so beautiful and luxurious and rich. And I remember, you know, I would I would get off a flight that I for, to Asia and I'd been in the on a plane for 16 hours and I just walked into this hotel and it's like you just like are totally overtaken by this gorgeous scent. And I had noticed it always in my years of traveling and often I would go up to the front desk and say what is that smell? Like, what is, where where is that coming from? Can I buy it? And some would say, oh, it's proprietary. We don't sell it. Or people would say, maybe check in the boutique. Maybe they sell it there. 
And it was always sort of this like vague, unclear, how can I make my home smell like that? And I thought, well, why there should just be a brand that takes that hotel lobby scent and gives people the ability to have it into their homes. Actually, during COVID, when I was missing travel the most, and I feel like a lot of people were just hanging on to like any ounce of luxury and indulgence and like little things that would just like bring peace into your life. I was like, I think now is a good time for me to like make this brand a reality. So I spent a really long time learning how to, you know, I didn't know the first thing about launching a business. Like I didn't, I was literally Googling how to find a manufacturer, like candle manufacturers, United States, what makes a good candle manufacturer, learning about the wax, learning about production, learning about labels and packaging and supply chain, and essentially built the brand all throughout COVID and then launched in October, 2020. It was a crazy learning experience. And also I wasn't even sure that it was definitely going to happen. So I didn't tell anybody about it until four days before I launched, because I was just so convinced that like something was going to happen. We weren't going to get the products in time. You know, there was just a lot of issues along the way, especially because trying to launch something during pandemic was crazy. Yes. And four days before we launched, I put it out on my social media. I thought that I'd purchased enough inventory that I would have to be able to sell through the holidays. So October, November, December, the day we launched, we sold out in 23 minutes. It was the craziest. Oh my God. And I hadn't done, I had barely even talked about it. posted about it on my Instagram, but like no PR, no, there were no PR packages, like nothing. It was just people in my audience and community and then them telling their people that sort of word of mouth. And within 23 minutes, our entire inventory that I thought would last for three months was completely sold out. So that told me like, okay, I think people understand the concept. Also, not to mention, no one had even smelled the candles before. I was the only person who had ever smelled them. So, so. so you did the fragrances based on, was it based on your memory of these yes, hotels? Exactly. And- so I knew that there were certain fragrance notes that I loved and I would sort of describe and like create mood boards and we would work with the perfumers and manufacturers to try to like create this scent that I felt like totally encompassed that luxury hotel experience. And truly when I launched, I was like, are people even going to know what I'm talking about? Or are they going to yes. be like, oh, yeah. you know, of but of course or, it translates and transports you when you, when you light these candles, I want totally. everyone to know that it transports you to a different place. And I love it. Thank you. That I mean, then that's the goal. And so we launched, you know, in October, 2020, we then did a restock shortly after. And now we're two years in, we have 12 different scents and each is sort of inspired by a different sense of place or a different experience or destination. So in front you have um, spa, which is inspired by like all my favorite spas that I've been to around the world. Paris Nui, which is inspired by like a really sexy Parisian nightlife. I think it smells like a sexy French man um, that you're like sitting next to at a bar at a a hotel bar. And then Signature, which is the first one that we launched. And that is sort of just like your classic luxury hotel could be anywhere in the world type of scent. And I just, I'm so like blown away by the response to it, but also, you know, a lot of it was very intentional with how I like designed the product and, and marketed it and launched it. Well, I also love the the packaging. It's a beautiful gift, but I also love it. It comes with the hotel room. Yes. Yes. So that was sort of, you know, I think 
For us, I love marketing and branding and packaging. And I wanted every single ounce of the product to feel special and sort of like well thought out. And I also wanted people to open it and be like, oh, damn, like that's smart. That's yes, really cool. it is. We I know. We opened it and I was like, oh my God, the hotel room key. So, I love the hotel room so key. So all of the candles come with a little hotel key, room key that has, you know, it literally looks like a hotel room key and it has burning tips and literally like little tips and tricks to get the most out of your candle. Well, I think that's also the smart thing is a functional piece of information too, like trim the wick, which is good. Everything is so intentional that you do. Now, now you've got to this stage because I know you obviously are the queen of creative. Did you bring in an agency to help with this or do you still do all this yourself? So oddly enough, I found my designer, my brand designer on TikTok. Mm -hmm. I was, it was during COVID. I was scrolling. I think I was looking at the hashtag, like hashtag brand designer or hashtag creative branding or something. And this, I was watching this, I think it was a live or something of this girl designing a logo for a brand. And the second I saw her aesthetic and everything, I was like, I think that this person knows exactly, will be able to get into my head and know exactly what I want. And so her name's Michelle. She's incredible. She runs her own agency and we connected and I kind of told her the vision for the brand. And immediately she was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. She had mock-ups for me, like our patterns, our packaging, everything. We just feel like when the two of us get into a room together, probably like the two of you, it's like, we just are filled with ideas, always brainstorming, coming up with like really fun concepts to do. We have a New York candle that we launched last year and we came up with this idea to design like almost like a New York Times style newspaper. And we left them all around the city and it was sort of announcing the launch of our New York candle. And we did like fake mock-ups of fake subway signs that said like HLC instead of the train lines. We just like kind of are always coming up with like clever little campaigns and things to do for each of our launches. So it's a lot of fun. Ah, I love that. So now hotel lobby candles, are they at any retailers in addition? Yeah. So we're sold direct to consumer on our website, hotellobbycandle.com. And then we're also sold on neimanmarcus.com and in Neiman Marcus stores. That's a great retailer to be in. It was pretty incredible. We were shocked. We, you know, like I said, when we launched, it was a, a pretty humble beginning. I I didn't know if it was going to take off. I didn't know, you know, I I felt confident in the idea, but you just never know, especially during the pandemic. And Neiman Marcus actually reached out to us when they saw the response to our launch and they were like, we want you in, in our stores and we want you on our website. And so that was like a pretty amazing accomplishment. That really is an amazing feeling. And you deserve it because the brand is phenomenal. Thank you. Now, I know you have a really supportive husband. Yes. yes. Which I know is so fantastic and helpful. Everyone really burning question. Yes. How the hell did he get the handle Insta husband? So it's a really funny story and I'm actually not sure. I don't even know if I've ever like told it on on a podcast or interview or anything, but so when I was working in magazines and I was not content creating full time and I was traveling a lot and often he was able to come with me because he had to travel a lot for his job. So we were kind of overlapping and I, he would always take my photos and people would, always call him Insta husband. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he kind of was like, I don't know that term, but he was just like owned it. You know, he would yeah. be anytime we're on vacation, he sees like a couple struggling or someone trying to like swoop in and be like, let me take that for you. And you, you stand here, you like, like 
pop your toe out a little bit. <laughs> he knows. He from, knows the moves. He's, he knows from me. And everyone's like, oh my God, this is the best picture I've ever had taken of me. It's like many years of training. Let's just put it that way. So he always, everyone was always calling him that. And I just remember also, this was like a total marketing branding thing. I was like, well, I think like having the brand Insta husband or that, you know, Instagram handle could really be good for you, like as from a marketing standpoint. But of course, someone already had the handle and it was a guy who was just like a dad from Pittsburgh or something. And I checked the Instagram account and he hadn't posted in years. And so I was like, okay, there's no way. How how the hell am I going to be able to get in touch with this guy? I really want this handle. So I, of course, start messaging him and and the guy obviously wasn't checking it. So I did like a little, a light stalker activity and found his wife was tagged one of the pictures. I went to her account. Basically, I like went down the rabbit hole, ended up finding that he had a different account, started sending messages, commenting on all the pictures. He was like literally a hockey dad from a town, whatever. And I'm commenting on the pictures like, Hey, like, I know this might seem really random, but I sent you a message. Check your DMs. It probably looked like, <laughs> yeah, like you want to like get together with him. Yeah. Right? Who's like, this hot blonde like writing? Blonde, you know, blonde chick, like commenting on like every single one of my, you know, fo- hockey photos. And eventually he wrote me back and was like, Hey, sorry. Like I've never like checked an inbox message before. Like I ne- didn't even know how to like get in here. And I said, you know, I noticed that you also have this handle Insta husband and I'm just, I said, I think I said my husband, it's his birthday coming up, which wasn't entirely true, but, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. And I oh, said, there is better. nothing that would make him happier and nothing that would make me look like a better wife than if I were to get him this Instagram handle and give it to him for a gift. Cause everyone calls him Insta husband. I said, I noticed you're not really using it. And I was like, well, transactional. I'm like, oh, Did well. you have to offer him money? So I said, you know, what were you thinking? I was thinking this guy was going to try to extort me for like 10 grand. And yeah. honestly, like, I don't know. I might have paid it. Like, it could have been worth it for, for the branding purposes. Uh-huh. My husband was like, drop it. You've had, like, this is enough. I don't care. You're being like, you're so annoying. And I was like, no, I want this handle. We're <laughs> yes, you it. have to have it. I'm like, now I'm like so close, right? So I was like, well, you know, you have like a number in mind. And he was like, whatever you think is fair. Oh, that was so sweet. Yeah, very nice. So I sent him, I Venmoed him a decent amount of money, not not a ton, a couple hundred bucks. And I said, like, take your wife out to a nice dinner and send me the password. (laughs) And that was was it. And he was was fine with that. That was it. So thank you. I mean, I, I highly doubt he's listening, but. Yeah, I doubt yeah. he's the like, listen, he doesn't husband. check his DMs. I doubt he's listening to <laughs> the OG Happy Insta Our Dream. Yeah. listening, bless you. Anyway, now he's, so now my husband is Insta husband. Okay, good. That That's good amazing. Story. That's a great story. Yeah, I mean, he didn't have as much success with Margaret Joseph. No, Margaret Joseph's because I always had our work one, Macbeth Collection. So I was like, I don't need a personal Insta. Then, you know, even before I was on the show, I was like, all right, let me do. Yeah, we had to really force you into a personal Insta. Yeah, so I did my personal Insta. and. I couldn't get Margaret Josephs. It was this little girl. And what she's like, she's not giving it up. She wouldn't give it up. She wouldn't answer, whatever. No, I, wouldn't I was like, answer. I was like, forget it. I'm going to do the real Margaret Josephs because I could have you know given her I, money. Right. I was, I would have done anything yeah. and she was could've, not giving it up. I her an American girl doll shopping spree. I mean, whatever it takes. No, yeah. she just did not want to give it up. 
And I was like, it's fine. So I did the real Margaret Josephs. So now we have the real Super Joe, my husband. The real Bella Benigno. The real Bella Benigno, my dog, who I don't post enough for. Powerful. I I, I was telling you before, I like the real Margaret Josephs. Yes, because I'm the real one as opposed to all the fake ones. That child who's now no no longer 12, who's probably in college somewhere. But it's absolutely, it was very, very funny. One day she'll come back to you and be like, all right, I'm ready to give it up. Now. Yeah, I'm ready. For a well, small well, it was funny culture. because someone had reached out to me, somebody who runs someone else's social media. They're like, I can now get you Margaret Joseph. I'm like, I don't want it now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You've built you've built your own line now. Like, forget it. Yes, I'm so not bad. I'm not interested. Margaret Joseph's yeah. keep your handle. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm not interested. You know, everybody who comes on the podcast, we ask them three questions. Mm-hmm. So I always say my success is 50% determination, 50% delusion. What do you attribute yours to? What percentages? I definitely have more determination than delusion. I don't know what the percentage is, but I would say like I've always been very ambitious and, you know, just like getting that handle. It's like I, I... I set my eye on something, I will do what I need to do to to go after it and get it. And I think that like, I, I'm also just like a, an observer of other brands. And I'm always kind of looking to see what is like the industry doing and what are people responding to? And I think that some of it is just like a gut instinct, especially when it comes like branding or content or posting my own content. And then um, I guess a little bit of delusion thinking like, okay, well, I've never launched a product before. I know nothing about supply chain or warehouses or third-party logistics. But I also believe that like, if you want to figure something out bad enough, you can fucking figure it out. You know? That's yeah. that's what we, we're of the same belief. Same thing when we launched our beverage brand. We're like, yeah. we know nothing about beverages yeah. except that we drink them. Right. Yes. And it's just like one step at a time too. I feel like, you know, in the very beginning, I was so intimidated because I was like, oh my God, I just, I saw all these other huge successful brands. And I'm like, how do they do that? How do they know what to do? Like, did someone tell them what to do? And I think it's just, you just figure out one little piece at a time and you make mistakes as you go. And that's how you learn. And it's like, we're still not perfect, but definitely like, I feel like I have gone through a boot camp of like product launch in the last two years that I don't know that anyone else could have ever taught me. Yeah, it just you learn a lot on your it's own. It's true. I just want to ask you a little bit about your background. Tell yeah. me about your parents. So, <laughs> Tell uh, me, so, you know, like how you grew up because that's, yeah. you know, because you do, you have a lot of inner confidence, a calmness. Yeah. Is it, do you accredit this to your childhood? What do you accredit this to? So it's, it's really interesting because my parents both have like very traditional jobs. My dad is a doctor. My mom works with children who have autism in elementary school. And I even remember when I left for a period of time, I left my, actually, when I was thinking about leaving to go to do this influencer thing, I remember my parents were kind of initially appalled. I think they were like, what do you mean you're not gonna have a job? Like, <laughs> they were like, so what do we tell our, what do we tell our friends you're doing when they ask what your job is? And we just say like, what, you're unemployed. I'm like, no, it's, that's just, this is different now. And they've always been very supportive. I think they were nervous and skeptical because the influencer industry was new, but like they were like right on board, like following me on Instagram. My dad's got Instagram. My mom's, you know, they're all on TikTok too, watching all my TikToks. And so they totally like got on board with it, but I think they're just traditional people. And so they didn't totally understand. But I always say like personality wise, my dad is a New Yorker, a Jew from Brooklyn. He's like sarcastic. Like everyone 
calls him Jerry Seinfeld. His name is Jerry and he's like mm-hmm. literally Jerry Seinfeld. And my mom is from the Midwest. She grew up in Michigan. She has like a heart of gold. She works with children who have autism and, and they're totally different. But I really feel like so much of my personality is a hybrid of their two personalities and sort of my dad's like sharp and, you know, a New Yorker yes. and my mom is sweet and like really like great. Well, that's a great combination. I think so. <laughs> yes. You got the best of Do you have brothers yeah. and sisters? I have a younger brother. He's two years younger than me, works in advertising and yeah, he's a bro. Uh, like we, we it's and funny. you grew up in New York, no, New Jersey, actually, in New Jersey. Oh, another Jersey, Jersey girl. girl. Yeah, Where I'm in Jersey, Marlboro, Mama. Oh, County. fabulous. Yeah, that's why I think I've always. It, it's so funny because I feel like whenever I watch you guys or listen to the podcast, or I'm always like, oh yeah, they're you know they're just like my girl is so comfortable, and I'm like, it's totally a Jersey thing. It is. I, it yeah. is a Jersey thing. Yeah, it is, and I think the blonde. Synergy, well, that too. <laughs> that helps. To, yes. Too. So. We always ask people, like, what was there a moment in your life that was like a real big girl panty moment where it was like, shit, it is sink or swim. I got to put on those big girl pants and just push forward. Honestly, I think it was when I left my job. I had gotten to a point where I felt like I had reached the pinnacle. I was working for an amazing Were you married at the time? I was, yeah. And I felt like I'd reached what I had always dreamed of. But then there was this other thing on the side that was an opportunity. A lot of people were saying to me, you would be so good at this, you know, the influencer world, because you have this type of experience. And I also like spent years as a reporter. So I feel like I was always talking about products and reviewing things the way I would write about it or report about it back when I was working in magazines. And so people would say like, you have such a different point of view and you, you're taking, you take everything much more seriously than maybe some other younger people without professional experience would. And I felt like that was definitely the scariest moment to leave behind what was safe and what had been my dream forever in favor of something that was totally unknown. Also, to be honest, I feel like people, when I left my job, were kind of, I don't know if they were snickering behind the scenes or being a little judgy. Like, I remember some people being like, oh, wait, so you're leaving your job at Town & Country to go become an influencer? And it was like, I I think that it was a little bit insecure. I felt a little insecure at the time because it did sound, I mean, like when you put it like that, I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. I, it's like, but they were like trying to shame you. I was like, well, fuck you. Like I'm going to have the last laugh when I'm making more money, have more freedom and can do whatever the hell I want and not have to like work for someone else. And I wasn't entirely sure that would happen, but like I had to just convince myself that that's what would happen because yeah, I just remember being like, this might be the biggest mistake of my life or it could be the best thing I've ever done. And thankfully it ended up being the best thing that I've yes, ever well, done. Yes, well, I think your determination and, and you do it, you know, you make it yes. happen, which yeah. is very, very yeah. impressive. Are you a big manifester? I think that I have always manifested, but I never put a word to it or I never knew until recently when I feel like nowadays everyone's talking a lot about manifestation. <clears throat> I think that I've probably been manifesting things for myself since I was really little, But I don't think I ever knew to articulate that that's what I was doing. For example, when I like wanted to work in magazines, I remember being a little girl, like getting Tiger Bop or Teen, but like all those like little teeny magazines. And I would like rip the pages out and like put them on my wall. And I would always like dream about one day, like, oh, it'd be so cool to be one of the people that would like have my name on the masthead or have my name in that magazine and be able to do that. And I think that was manifesting. I just didn't know, know it at the time. 
I love that. Now we have one other question for you. Yes. What is your most entrepreneur real advice that you could give to everybody who listens? Because we always say we're, you know, we're business light. We like yeah. to give the real advice, yeah. not yeah. like have a business plan, you know? Right. I would say like roll up your fucking sleeves <laughs> and I, oh my God, this is going to sound, that's sounding very Kim Kardashian, like get your ass up and work. That is not what my advice is, but my advice is roll up your sleeves, get down and dirty and like do whatever. I mean, the amount of stuff that I have to do, like, you know, when you're running a business and you're a startup and you don't have like a huge team yet, I'm like doing everything. I'm like packing up the boxes there. I mean, there was a period of time where we sent out press boxes for holiday our holiday candles. I literally sat at the dining room table and wrote like 75 handwritten notes to every single influencer we gifted. And I had, every, oh, yeah. and I, I had every single person I wanted to write something like personal and specific just to them because I felt like everyone's getting so many packages. Maybe this is like the one thing that, you know, will make it different or make it feel like they knew that I, I chose this specific candle specifically for them because they had this going on in their life at the time. And I think you can't have the attitude of like anything is below you because you will never succeed. And I, we've been really scrappy, but you would never know it based on looking at it. So I think, you know, it's a little bit of fake it till you make it. And it's also just like busting your ass and like believing in your product and not being afraid to talk about it. And years ago, I remember someone said to me, you really have to be your own cheerleader because if you don't advocate and you don't shamelessly promote your stuff, no one's going to do it for you. And that's something that I had to get comfortable with. I think I'm like kind of a modest or I like to think of myself as like more of a humble, not braggy person. But like at the end of the day, if you have a product or you're launching a company or whatever and you want it to succeed, like you really kind of need to like put it out there and tell everyone how amazing it is. Because like I said, you can't rely on other people to do that for you. No, you're absolutely right. I think we struggle with that a little sometimes. Yeah, we do. And it's so funny because we're so good at hyping other people. Yeah. And it is hard. And like Kim Kardashian, first of all, controversial, I know, but I don't think what she said was so bad. I honestly don't. I don't either. I don't either because it was taken out of context. Exactly. Exactly. It was taken out of context because she works like an animal. Right. Yes. And when people insult her, it pisses me off. Me too. I totally agree. It really pisses me off. We even, we were looking at Skims recently and what she's achieved with that brand whilst going and doing her law degree and advocating for people who have been forgotten in the judicial system. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. I don't give a shit what anyone They're teaching says. a class she, uh, yeah. at Harvard Business School. I just saw that, yeah. Which is unbelievable. Crazy. I actually loved also the photos that she took that she did the peace signs and the duck face. I fully believe she ironically did that yeah. as a fuck you to everyone. Totally. And I, I am so here for her. But... We are good hype women for everyone else. It's true. But, but sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, I, you know, I'm talking about my product again. I'm talking I about know. my product again. And then I'm just like, why wouldn't I talk about my product again? How else is this going to get out there? And and what I feel like is so funny is sometimes I'm, I, you know, feel self-conscious about it. But then I, I realize it doesn't bother me when anyone else does it. Like, I, I think it's like amazing to see other women hyping up their own products or hyping up other people. So then I'm like, well, why should I feel we were doing it for my own thing? Like I should be proud. We all should be proud of the amount of, and I, and I also think sometimes I'll downplay or people will say, oh my gosh, like, wow, it just happened so easily. And I'm like, you actually have no idea. Like yeah, what? Nothing, yeah. It's like, not easy. Nothing comes easy. When right. people act like that, that actually pisses me off. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think also I, I always do try to show 
as much of behind the scenes as I like can manage to, because I do want it to be clear, like this doesn't just happen overnight. It's just not like a luck and, oh, you just stumble into it and you decide one day you want to make a candle. I mean, even I, like before we launched, I was like, oh, it's candles. How fucking hard can it be? Well, actually it is so much harder. Like there's so many layers. And I realized now I just don't take anything for granted. Anytime I like get a package or I see a new brand starting, I'm like, oh, I know exactly what had to go into that. And no one else probably knows because a lot of people aren't sharing the behind the scenes struggles and the roller coaster and all the obstacles along the way. But yeah, I think it's a lot harder than people let on. And I think it's important to show like the highs and the lows. And it is. You're a great storyteller though. Like you're, you're behind the scenes, you'll launch like there's such a romantic notion to them that's so on brand, but it's realistic, but it never, you realize how much hard work goes in, but it never feels like unpleasant, Yeah, which I hate when people are like, oh, it's so painful. It's like, okay, so that's what it is. It is. It is what it it is. is. I I was going to say, like, I feel even back from the days when I was like studying journalism in college and then writing for magazines, everyone would always say like, show, don't tell. I would show all the boxes and all I would show myself literally for hours handwriting. I don't need to say, oh my God, this has been like the most annoying thing I've ever done in my life, handwriting. But it's just like you show it and like let people interpret it as they will. And I think that is more powerful than complaining or. Yes, I know. Which is very important. I'm sure you get a lot of influencer boxes and, you know, and you're grateful. And I get a lot of influencer boxes. Is it hard? Like, you know, cause you have to, you seamlessly promote other brands. Would do people ever try and send you candles still and things like that? Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> I still like love other candles. I, I know now why my candles are so much better than all the other ones. Cause yes. I know all the inner workings of what all the other brands do with the amount of mailers and packages and whatever. I also just really tried to be thoughtful and like what our packaging was like. And I wanted the experience or like the unboxing experience for every person who orders a candle or is a customer to almost feel like a PR unboxing experience. Because I always remember thinking, well, I'm so spoiled. You know, I got as an editor, as an influencer, you get so many things sent to you. And I always like wanted to sort of be able to create like a little bit of that moment. So that's why we kind of have like beautiful like ribbons and we have a little and then we have always like an insert card that's like a note to them and I don't know I just think it makes the experience feel memorable and just like a little bit different than maybe something another brand there's a lot of competitions I think it's very smart too because you are treating yourself to a candle and a candle is like you say an experience that it transports you when I have a candle when I have the candle hotel lobby candle burning in my house I go home I'm like, I just love to come home. It smells so fabulous. You come in, it does. It transports you to another place or it elevates your mood. Fragrance and scent really changes the way you feel. It does. And you were a big advocate of hotel lobby candles because before you came on the scene, you guys were twin souls. I've been to a million hotels with Margaret where she's been begging the front desk. The Aria, years ago. When the Aria first in Vegas... Yeah, when was it first opened. When it first opened was a hotel that had the most amazing smell in the lobby. I mean, it's literally was things like that where I was like, I would say to the concierge, like, you got to tell me, like, what's in that? Where can I get that? And like, I don't know. I just remember thinking, why should this be so hard? Like, why should I have to be like chasing them down? Like, I should just be able to get it. And I also think part of our branding and sort of saying like, it's not tied to one specific hotel. It's often just like the idea of the place is part of what 
makes the brand kind of like aspirational to people. And I also am, I say that I'm a professional scent snob. I just am very particular about like the scents that I like and what makes a scent smell rich and luxurious and compared to a scent that just smells like one note and basic and like whatever I, you could get. Too cheap. I don't like a sweet smell. No. Too yeah. sweet. Yeah. I like a sexy smell. Exactly. Yeah. That's like, honestly, all of our candles are very like sexy, deep, like musky. We have a couple that are maybe like a little bit more like light and clean smelling. But me personally, I always, always drawn to like the deep, sexy, mysterious ones. Me too. What perfume mm-hmm. do you wear? So I wear Lalabo Noir. I um, like a Lalabo. I love yeah. a Lalabo. And I also, there's a fragrance by Narciso Rodriguez called For Her, which I've probably worn for 10 years. It's not like the most popular in the entire world, but I personally love it. I think it's like amazing. It's one of my faves. Okay. I wear Parfums de Marley. What do I wear? Safanade. Oh, Safanade. Safanade by them. I die for it. Yeah. I literally die for it. It smells so good. I can on picture you. that bottle in my mind. It's like this one is it's clear, but the way it's shaped yeah. is like kind of curved, but it has the black tassel. Mm-hmm. It, it smells so good. And then That's I also wear the Atenay, whatever by them. What is it called? The two there's two different ones. Yeah, you switch up between two different ones. But I normally wear the Safanade. I just die from it. It's it reminds you of being in like a Sicilian orange grove, but at night, there's oh, something so about sexy. it. It's very sexy. So I love to have it. a signature scent. Like, yes. I like when people say, oh, you smell like you. Like you walk in and people are like, oh, it's your smell. And that's yes. honestly with the candles. Like I love when a home or an apartment or whatever has a signature scent. And so some of ours, actually the Miami candle is one of my favorites. And I always want my home to smell like, like I want when people walk into my home to be like, oh yeah, that's the smell. Well, I also feel like I changed my fragrance in my home from the, you know, winter. Yes. Mm -hmm. As soon as it's like it hits a certain month, April, we're switching out the fragrance. And then like spring and then summer, I have a different fragrance going on. I like my home to smell like different things during the year. Same. And I think there's like a cozy, like wintry. I remember the day that we launched our New York candle. It was like rainy. It was really shitty rainy day in New York. And like, I swear, I think our sales were as crazy as they were because people were like, oh, I, this is a, today is a mood. And I want to set that, be able to set that mood with the candle. So I know. Well, tell everybody where they can find you. So my handle on Instagram and TikTok is at Lindsay Silb and our brand is called Hotel Lobby Candle. And you can find us on Instagram at Hotel Lobby Candle and hotellobbycandle.com. I think you gave everybody such valuable information. This is so inspiring. I feel inspired. Thank Me you. Too. And I find you guys inspiring too. So I'm just honored to be here. Thank in you. Your presence. Thank you Thank so you much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And if you love the podcast, don't forget to leave us a five star review at Apple Podcasts. Follow me at The Real Margaret Josephs and me at The Life of Mrs. B and the podcast at Caviar Dreams Tuna Fish Budget. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. Keep dreaming, caviar dreamers. dreamers.